it's just kind of like tough. Um, it's tough the longer that you record yourself, like the longer that you maintain any sort of audience that so you got to protect what you're doing. Like, um, like it just becomes this, this product or uh, project that you made that is like, you need to keep maintaining it. So it's like when you first start out doing something, there is nothing to lose. But then at the point that you have things to lose, then uh, obviously more nervousness is introduced into the situation. But it's just like you feel the need to protect what you've built. And like, um, I just need to get over things like this. I need to get over whatever. Um, these are just areas of like, well, I have, I can only be this much, or I only, I can only say this much, or like, I only had these many things to say. These are kind of conservative mindsets. They're kind of conservative. They deal with conserving and like that things are going out the door, like things are being wasted or you're losing them. Like, oh, we need to conserve or like, but conservative is kind of just like, um, people in the, uh, People in the America are uh, all about their conservative experiences sometimes. Sometimes they're just about being conservative, whatever. But they need to conserve the patri patriotism of uh, the established reality of forever America. Like, uh, please keep being America, American pride, army green. And um, these people are patriots, but there's like loyalists still left over. There is still loyalism in, in the country today. These people are loyal to the British. Like, they're, they're loyal to the UK. There's people walking around they, that no English, person can, no English person could do any wrong to them. Like, there's people, there's people walking around that just defend the British to the grave. And this is, this is borderline retarded behavior, but I'm just kidding. This is, uh, that's just outlandish. I was just trying to come up with a funny phrase. I apologize for when I say something interesting. I'm so sorry. This is just like defeatist mentality. I, I have problems with it. I have problems with my own defeatist mentalities that come about when I'm just like, um, talking about it, uh, trying to conceptualize my way to be more forthright about speaking. But, um, Yes, yes, it's that's all well and good. We already know that part of it. We already, if you've listened to anything that's happened so far, you already know that that has something to do with it, just like too much analysis. But um, uh, obviously, but there's people that are like, oh, the British Empire, please. Please the British Empire. But there's just, in American media, they have to protect and defend the British at least a little bit because there's just traces of loyalism left over for whatever reason from the revolutionary war there's loyalists that are like oh we like the english because the english are kind of english are like more feminine but it's just a it's a masculine feminine thing like you're i just feel like english is a bit more feminine but it doesn't have to be obviously obviously there's a lot of masculinity and femininity both of these in the united kingdom okay I'm not going to take away from the United Kingdom's ability to be masculine. I'm not going to paint it with a broad brush. But it's just that, like, the American media has to cover so much of Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood in every single golf tournament. Why are these people on the screen in front of me? And I watch a lot of golf, so that's that's the problem probably right out of the, right out of the bat. Right out of the bat, that's the problem. 
so that I watch too much golf, but the amount of times that I've had to see Ian Poulter floundering around four shots behind the leader, knowing that he's never going to win this tournament. Same with Lee Westwood. Like, um, Lee Westwood, it's just like, uh, don't raise your voice. Don't raise your voice about Lee Westwood. I don't want to get too animated about what's happening, but there's like, uh, there, there would appear to be a certain threshold that I'm like, oh, you can't transcend this level of sound. It has to do with the microphone sensitivity, which I've, I've found that my microphone is rather sensitive in the past. And so it's kind of like I uh, am, but it also has to do with I don't want to be too loud or the people around me. So I apologize that I haven't committed to being louder and more clear about my stated opinions because at the point that you're speaking more clearly or you're not hindered by the limitation of speaking more quietly and trying to be more English about things, then, you are, then you're speaking in terms of stated opinions at the point that you're saying them because there's nothing to be, you have to be behind it if it's very loud. And this is just stated opinion motifs and mentality is when you're like not concerned about thresholds of noise that you're supposed to pass, not so that you can't surpass. And um, I don't want it. I don't want there to be the noise level that I can't surpass. But there's some amount of coverage in American media that has to be done towards the British, the British Empire for the, the King and Queen of England because so that we still are connected with them no matter what because they're like our greatest allies like we we like to pretend as if they're the same country as us the loyalist people but it's just that loyalism never left and um and it wouldn't have made a difference if we like killed all the loyalists after the revolutionary war or anything like that like that's not what i'm saying i'm not saying like oh loyalist people suck i'm just saying like this happens all that they're always going to be there because of because we came from the British and this is just like to some extent we are a little bit like the same country but more in a like in a in a more abstract way than it should be this should be carried out more abstractly than that we're like oh yay what are the British doing because in reality uh, America overall doesn't give a fuck about what's going on in Britain but Britain a lot more so cares about what the fuck is happening in America that Americans do about what's happening in Britain. And, um, but the American media has to show me Ian Poulter because we have to have this much amount of Lee Westwood, but they're probably like, there's people watching this in Britain. I don't, but do British have their own broadcast of it? Or they're just like the British people. It's just, it's just, we need to align with the British the same way that the same American media has to devote some amount of coverage to the Royal family like the same thing like the the people who are left over that like the royalty and english traditions uh, english things and shit like that that we need to protect in this country they tailor their message to broader audiences they don't want to leave out the british loyalists essentially because don't tell me that these people don't exist they're the they exist by the thousands in this country the defenders of the brits they exist by the hundreds they exist by the thousands they exist by the hundred thousands they exist by the millions. They exist by the trillions. There's trillions of defenders of the Bre the Britain, the Britain Empire. Um, and it's not a sin to be British. I'm not going to tell you that it is. It's not a sin to be British. 
okay, it's not a missing of the mark to be British. It's not like um, the second that you're British that you're committing a sin or anything like that. Like, it's not like that when you're in the territory of all of that land on that island that they live on, that this is a sinful act of being in this location, that this territory is taboo. It is not the case that the English territory... It is not the case that the English territory is the territory you're not allowed to go into. Um, because go ahead and... Because go and visit it. I, I don't hate the English. I like what they've contributed, and they've certainly contributed a lot to America. Like, almost the entire thing, right? Because aren't don't we come from English? But Germans, too. Don't forget about that. Germans also built this country. Hey... This country is built on immigrants, but it's like, you know that the whole argument politically, like, you don't have any standing to say that we can allow any immigrant in here because the immigrants that this was built on were, uh, eh, it, it's, it's whatever, right? I mean, I guess that's, that is an argument you can take where you're just like, well, all immigrants are immigrants. It doesn't matter that there were legal ones at this time and illegal ones now, or that's just like, oh, you were built on immigrants because over time, nobody would care about who is legal is kind of the thing. But like um, Kamala Harris saying, do not come to Guatemalans, like don't come to our border. And she's saying, uh, do not come. And uh, the media treats this like the diplomacy of our of our presidents of our of our presidency the diplomacy of our elected representatives to um come out with a clearly stated opinion and and just like compassionately tell the guatemalans that they can't come to our border like the media treats this as like oh they're so diplomatic but if it was trump obviously it's the opposite and that's why goodbye the media but it was already like that at the point that at the point that uh just no talking about Obama anymore, I don't think. I don't think that that helps anybody out. Let's just leave Obama in the past. I, Because Obama is a point of great tension for the right always. Because God damn it, that Obama. Because God damn it. Who knows what he's up to and obviously in his ways and then the way that, the, that he's portrayed. Clearly, but... Um, I'm just having a good time. I guess that they say to that you're supposed to enjoy what you're doing. I like to think about what I'm doing and not enjoy it in a lot of situations. This is something that I'm trying to reconcile in my life. I'm trying to be more of an enjoyer of things. This will never happen. I'm fucked forever, whatever. I am doomed forever to be in a constant state of analysis. But um, do you know that God makes you a way or whatever? God makes you a way. Um, I wanted to make some points about fantasy. Let's talk about that. Because in the Christian church, they treat fantasy with a lot of animosity, I would say. They treat it with a lot of antagonism, fantasy. You're not really allowed to have fantasy. Uh, I feel difficult even being on the hook for the loss about this. I feel difficult being on the hook for the person who has to be on the side of fantasy against what presumably is what presumably is a christian audience it's just that i need to get it out of my head that it's like christians need you to say certain things because um 
that doesn't help me or that makes me not enjoy it. But, um, but I'm, I'm, the point that I want to make is the way that Christians treat fantasy and they kind of treat it, they treat it with animosity, but I'd say that they're afraid of it. They treat it with a lot of fear because they don't understand it. They don't want to cross it. They don't, Christians don't like fantasy because there's just ideas that they don't like. And so it's like, um, Disney at some point comes around and they're like claiming to be an authority on fantasy because of the words that they choose generally, like, uh, because of the words that they choose it things that they say that they are like saying that a dream is a wish your heart makes and this is an important part of the disney mentality besides that one of their earliest movies is called fantasia and this is this is the idea of fantasy but that you're like disney is one of these places that claims authority over fantasy just by them saying who that who they are their stated position is about fantasy uh and so it makes it so that there's like this place in the world that fantasy exists when in reality, like, uh, when in reality, there's, but this is like, Disney makes it so that within reality, there's this fantasy place. There's a place for fantasy and it is Disney World or Disneyland because you could, because people actually believe that you can go here and like magical things will happen or that like, or like your dreams can come true or you'll know the way to make your dreams come true you visit. Or it's like, you might get some answers on things. I mean... It, it's probably not severely like that now. Like that was probably more the case in like the eighties and nineties. Um, but like, so fantasy in, in terms of Disney is like, there's just like, so fantasy, the thing is that um, all fantasies are fantasy. Like all of them are just fantasy. Any one that you could come up with fantasy football, any fantasy that you could come up with is, um, it's actually just fantasy, but there's also something, but you also see that you can create a fantasy football team and this impacts your life in some way. It changes your mood and like it's something you engage in and it influences you. So there's like something real about it. So there is more, there is reality within fantasy we recognize. It's not like fantasy is all fantasy, but fantasy itself, I guess, includes for reality. Disney takes advantage of this loophole by setting up an environment where they're like fantasy takes place our house, our rules, right, right over here in like, uh, Florida for Disney world. And then, uh, California and then California for Disneyland. But like, so the Christian church is going to treat fantasy as like, you can't have it. Like, um, that's what they treat it like. So it's like, if my experience in the church is that I'm going around, if I were to bring up that I had sexual fantasies, like this is a phrase, this is a taboo phrase on its own. Like I'm not allowed to even, I am nervous saying it now because I know that the reaction of all females in the church, every female Christian that I've ever met, their reaction will be, um, oh, ew, like you, I don't want to know about your sexual fantasy. I bet you have sexual fantasies. That's disgusting. Ew. Every, pretty much every single one of them, uh, every single one of those female Christians. So I apologize for having to use a term like female Christian over and over again. I just don't have a better term. But um, so then it just like in a limited space like this, it's going to come across like I'm just very anti-Christian woman because I keep having to say this phrase, but I just don't have a better term. 
here it is. But I just need to stop trying to defend the point that's coming out of my mouth. I'm saying that, like, um, fantasy is treated with a lot of fear in the Christian church. And it's because the Christian church is mostly, like, feminine energy in in my experience, but it's just like kind of antagonistic towards masculinity. There's not a lot of room for masculinity in the Christian church. Um, I'd say that my experiences with it are like, you got to leave your dick at the door unless you're one of the, unless you're one of the people that's going to really take this seriously so that you can move up within the management of the church. If you're not willing to take it seriously, just leave your dick at the door. But like just overall, your opinion isn't welcome here because it's really only one ego per Christian grouping of people. And then in Christian groups of people that aren't the church, they just play out as churches um, where there's really only one ego per. And be, as, as a microcosm or like representative of what they see in front of them with the pastor leading the church, just there's really, it's only supposed to be meant for one ego per. But every pastor in the church, this is a microcosm of what Jesus is doing. This is what they're doing is just representative of Jesus is this single ego. There's only one ego per Christian group of people at every level, but it's, and it makes it so that, but it's just like churches play out in everywhere besides just churches. Um, church, a church can be anywhere because, and, but like if you're agreeing that partially my definition of this is that a church plays out when there's a one ego per, but it's just a Christian grouping of people as a church. And it's just like um, church is the Protestant equivalent for the Catholic mass also. Just to recognize that. I'm just smart that I just wanted to add that analogy to throw myself, throw off my train of thought. Be like, oh, make sure that you add in this clause. But um, fantasy is just treated with derision. And the thing is, like naturally men will have sexual thoughts but the church treats this as if these are not supposed to happen that jesus is supposed to lead you out of having sexual thoughts but it's like um um for one aging does that for you so it's like um people in the church that want me to correct my sexual thoughts or that i have sexual i'm just like um Sexual fantasy is treated like it's an evil thing, but um, I think it's a case that fantasy's place is with sex rather than that whatever whatever else it is. But it's like you understand that fantasy in a world where you don't have to limit it, which is like in a Christian world, you have to limit fantasy because they're afraid of it. And they're like, if you have sexual fantasies, none of those. Like, stamp that out immediately. Um... Like, like, um, in a world where you have to, like, if it's a Christian world, you have to limit fantasy because this is what Christianity dictates, but it's like in a world where you didn't have to limit that fantasy could do whatever because it's fantasy. And so that's why Christians are afraid of it. But it's like, you actually don't have to treat it that way. Fantasies are acceptable, especially at the point that you recognize maybe the place for fantasy is more with sex. Because um, all sex is fantasy, like that you would go about things, um, that I would pursue a girl, this is all fantasy because it's something that's in front of me. These are, thing, I, these are steps that you take. Like It's all fantasy because to 
pursue pursuing a girl you talk to her a certain way you use certain terms and you dress a way that maybe girls will like or you like buy a car that you think girls are like or you orient your life in this fantastical way like it's all fantasies that you're playing out to pursue girls and different ones for different girls so it's like your ability to be fantastical is uh what is in some ways going to dictate your ability to get women it's like uh and so if you're in the christian church and they tell you no fantasy because they think all of it is lust because it's primarily dictated by the feminine side of things um then you're then you're shit out of luck for pursuing girls is what i would say and and why wouldn't you be if you weren't allowed to have fantasy about anything but it's just this whole thing where the girl that comes into your life got there because of nothing that you did like it because that's the way it would be if you're if you're assuming that a man gets a girl because of nothing that they did but this is just like push this is the narrative that's pushed by the christian church is that there's no intentionality in a man meeting a woman because because like the girl that was brought to you is destiny because there's no intention in destiny and because you don't get any credit for when it's like a creator destined you to be with somebody like that wasn't you taking the steps to go there or pursue a girl just god delivered a girl to you and so you didn't you don't receive any credit you didn't do anything on your own but it's like um in reality like in a not christian world pursuing girls is completely about like like rationally there's steps that you take because because it is fantasy but it's just like i'm saying the the point i'm making is like christianity tries to describe relationships between men and women but leave out fantasy and then in lieu of that they have to describe it all as destiny because destiny makes it so that you didn't fantasize your way to anything but it's like um but it's like christians and christian women need it and there's a lot of christian women that like disney uh for whatever reason they kind of go hand in hand Lots of Christian women that like Disney, but it goes hand in hand with that. The second there's the idea of somebody having a sexual fantasy, that this is this is evil or it's just the most perverse thing on the face of the planet. And um, it's just because they're afraid of fantasy, so they want to limit it to one thing. And the same way that they like Disney, because Disney is like, oh, you know how fantastical fantasy is? It's limited to this one location in the earth that has borders that you can go in and out of it's like uh fantasy but it's people that are afraid of fantasy that would enjoy a that would enjoy this interpretation of fantasy one that's very limited to a space but it's like christianity very much likes uh fantasy that's limited to a single narrative because heaven heaven is one word for one place and Christians and Christian heaven is specifically Christian heaven, like heaven brought on by the group of people that uh, says that heaven plays out this way because Christian heaven is different from Muslim heaven and Christians themselves recognize this. The Christian heaven is a specific place from dictated from a specific group of people. And so Christians, Christians limit fantasy. They've limited because this is a fantasy going to heaven 
is fantastical. Meeting the king of the universe that you're the son or the daughter of. This is a fantastical scenario. It's okay to believe in this because uh, because you can you can fantasize about whatever you want. This is fantasies or whatever. It's just that maybe you would do better to uh, understand the full depth of fantasy, and in doing so, you would recognize that that means you have to allow for a lot of fantastical situations rather than just one. Because Christians like to limit fantasy. They want it where they can see it. They don't want it to be fantastical. They want to tell all the men that the sexual fantasies they have are not of this earth or something. And uh, they, they're afraid of it. They want to limit it to... But they'll, they'll try to get men to limit it to their imagination rather than that they would pursue a girl from their own intentionality. Any girl that you pursue, according to the Christians that I've heard from, is a, any girl that you end up with, it's the result of God or you're going to hell for eternity. And, um, like... Christians want to limit fantasy to and it's to the point that like but their whole thing is they're limiting fantasy to just it plays out this one way where you go to heaven and this is our fantasy it's this contained thing and contained in comparison to uh, any other scenario that could play out any other heaven that you could imagine on your own but like any fantasy that you could imagine on your own if you allowed it to if you allowed yourself to say that fantasy doesn't have to be limited if you allow yourself to say that fantasy can't actually be anything because, but Christians limit this because they're afraid of certain terms, because they're a group of people that has their own taboos and shit like that. But, um, but it's just, it's just that they want to limit it to, they want to limit it, limit it to one place. And it's like, um, it has to do with your imagination. Like, um, sorry. It's just like um, men would already have sexual thoughts, but you're like, but the thinking is that Jesus is going to make it so that you reduce your sexual thoughts over time because these are evil, because the flesh is evil, carnality is evil. But it's like aging also reduces your sexual thoughts over over time. Like aging would do that on its own. So it's kind of like uh, Christians want me to die faster they want the same the same thing that aging would do they want jesus to do but they call it jesus instead of aging they're like because you just, you just want me to, that would be the same thing as saying i should die faster is i should reduce my the amount of sexual thoughts i have so it's like don't but yeah christians that i know would be horrified about you even uttering a sexual fantasy because you're like invoking because now that's in the conversation or that's brought up like these are these are not to be spoken of fantasies like and um it's just like there's a lot of work done on the part of christian women to to say that it's like um, things that you should imagine or like uh limit just you have to limit your sexual thoughts to your imagination rather than but I, i'm making the point that sexual thoughts is just you going anywhere pursuing any any girl it's a sexual thought. Any pursuit of it, anything that you do, any word that you say in a conversation to a girl that's like, I like her, so so I'm saying a certain way. And I don't know if I'm totally right about that. But you understand that from a man's perspective, like, this is the death of man to be like, there's no fantasy. There, You don't... But this is what the Christian church is about. It's like the death of man. <laughs> the son of man 
but like um that I don't get to go out and pursue my own identity or like pursue my own identity in the world, like identify myself a certain way, construct a series of events in a fantastical sort of way to say, to position myself as this somewhat exaggerated character or something like that. I would go and try to identify myself in the world. This is, this is what femininity doesn't like. Femininity doesn't like that or it's just against it, or it's just like, it's more, it's more feminine to not identify yourself. And that's why it's like the stereotype that women are always criticizing men and just like comparing them to or like, you should be better. They're, they're always on a man about that. They're like failing in all of these areas. So it's like, it, it, to me, it's just the Christian church is so feminine because it's all about Jesus, the son of man that died on the cross. Like, immediately the second you're a man in a christian church like oh you're not as good as jesus like jesus oh what are you going to do to you're not as good as him and so that's what you have to compare yourself to forever and um because this is a feminine set of ideas to criticize a man eternally like this is about uh not measuring up to this like ideal image or this better image you know and what's a better ideal image than that of the son of man to describe what a man is and like um Like, they just, but it's it has to do with imagination and, like, the song I Can Only Imagine. This is a transcendent song. It's a transcendent song because it was so big, but said so much about the Christian church at the time that it came out. It's like, that's why it's so big, because it really resonated with Christian audiences. And it's because Christians like to go Christians would like to especially women would like to convince men because to me it is kind of just like it's more so it's really just like women and men is what I would have arrived at it, it explains a lot of it that's why I go there explain it in those terms because I've found that to be the most comprehensive description of what's going on because I'm trying to explain this to myself what the dynamic between uh, maybe Christian people or people who aren't as Christian but like i can only imagine resonates big with christian audiences so it's like 200 years from now if anybody was paying attention to the evolution of christian music they'd be like oh i can only imagine was this big hit because it like uh is symbolic if a song gets really big then that's kind of like is more symbolic of the a group of people at it at the time like the same way that if a song gets really big just top 40 in america it's like symbolic of uh, Americana or symbolic of whatever is embodied by the culture or the generation at the time. It's just like, um, if the song is big enough, it rises to a symbolic level, but it's just that women would like to tell men that all you can do is imagine that you're not going to go out in the world and make something of yourself and enact, but it's like these, all of these things are fantasies, the things that you would do in the world ways that you would identify yourself identities are all fantasies construction worker that's a fantasy like they're all they're all fantasies and so when so it's like really big with the christian church i can only imagine because that's what they would like to tell everybody is the case is that all you can do is imagine all you because don't make it so that you can make your make something of yourself in the world 
and um, it just like imagination and fantasy. They're they're related, but it's like um, so Disney does this whole gypsy thing to claim that they're the authority on fantasy, and then it's kind of like Christians have this strange relationship to Disney where some of them are afraid of it or they're always criticizing it for whatever they do, you know, like the images that they put into kids' movies, shit like that. But there, So there are reasons to be wary of Disney uh, besides whether or not you're a Christian. But, like, um, so, like, I'm sorry, it'll probably just sound derogatory towards Christians. I apologize. I'm just... Um, I don't just like what the hell it's just we live in a world where you're supposed to like apologize a certain amount obviously I apologize for apologizing just like I'm I'm saying these things and then I have to take the time to say I'm sorry fuck me fuck our fuck sorry in our society fuck the sorry just because when you start invoking a lot of sorry and saying that you're Sorry for things. It just makes you carry out things in a really apologetic manner, especially when you understand that you can be sorry about literally everything, and this is just an excuse that you can use. Like, the pervasiveness of sorry in our communities and in our families is rampant, and we need to reduce it because everybody's sorry about every single thing, and when they're not, just because this is an excuse and then you go into a more apologetic manner, this is just a way of introducing yourself to a greater level of passivity. All right? Is everybody good? Is everybody good with that? And, um, but just, so the thing that I was going to say about Disney, so it's like, there's some Christians that are like wary of Disney for claiming the authority over fantasy, or just overall. They're wary of it. But Disney does this f- thing with fantasy. Like, if you look at the... Just the phrase, a wish is your heart makes. Or, a dream is a wish that your heart makes. Like, um, a dream is a wish that your heart makes is like saying that a dream is a wish that your heart creates. I don't think your heart creates anything. I think your head creates things. So it's like a dream is a wish that your heart has maybe dream is a wish that your heart possesses because your heart doesn't create your heart is not the thinking part of you they're not creating anything and um so that's part of it but besides that this phrase just kind of fucks with your concept of time because they're really cavalier with how they're using the phrase dream because the reason that we set up language a certain way is like that we say that this word corresponds to this set of ideas is so that we can talk to each other about these things or like more easily communicate. So it's like if Disney goes around saying that a dream is a wish, this is not accurate about dreams because dreams are, um, they're not in the future. They're not forward. They're dreams. So it's kind of like they say that dreams are fantasies with this with a statement like this so it's like i don't know if this is entirely what they're about or if i'm just making too much about one statement but it's like there's a lot of them that comes across in a statement like this and um like a dream isn't a wish it's not forward every dream that you have happened uh before they're all memories and so to treat a dream like it is a fantasy or something that you can pursue or something that's happening in the future this is another thing about fantasy is more like something that will happen later on. And but 
dreams are not this. Dreams happened before. They're all, and they were something that you couldn't control for and you didn't have any intentionality about. You just ended up with this dream because you had to go to sleep at some point and then you woke up and you had one. But they're all memories and they're all possessions because they're all dreams are all things that you had before. So it's like if we want to be as, and it's not just Disney, as a society cavalier about what our dream is, our dreams going forward, but the American dream is another way of being cavalier about it. Um, uh, the American dream, just that phrase on its own, whatever. And, um, but it's like, dreams are just from the past. So a phrase like this, a dream is a wish your heart makes, it's alluding to the dreams happen in the future. So then, so then it's kind of like, if you put too much stock in singular statements like this, which is like, I'm not saying anybody is, but just like a, but, um, think about the words that you're saying is the point that I'm making. Think about the words that you're saying that like we end up because we set aside the word dream to describe this like weirdo thing that happened to you last night that it's like maybe it means something maybe it doesn't like it's kind of this point of reference that you can go back to and it is a lot like a memory a dream is a lot like a memory because it's a point of reference that you can go back to as much as you want if it was like a memorable dream to try to like take something from it or say like oh what did this dream mean or at least yeah, you could say, like, what did this dream mean? Because you had, because especially if it was a particularly peculiar dream, that would mean that there was something, there's something to be said about it, or like maybe something you can't get over, especially if you keep remembering it. Same with a memory. You can go back to a memory and try to take from it as much as you want, the same with a dream. And so dreams are like memories, but they're kind of like possessions, or there's something that's collected in your imagination that you already have. They're in the past. But fantasies are like future, but like to, so to equate a dream with a wish, a dream is a wish. They're saying it's the same thing. A wish is a fantasy. It's something that's happening in the future. A dream happened in the past. So they're confusing your sense of time and kind of doing it all in the name of fantasy. Because if you're claiming the authority over fantasy, there is something to be wary about this because of you see what fantasy can do. And, um, like, a dream is a wish your heart makes. This is a heart you create. And, yeah, it's something, it, something your heart possesses. But this is like a dream is, a memory is something you can't control any longer and especially a dream is something that you had no control over that you received it and to refer to it as a wish is kind of sickening because you're saying that you do have control over this uncontrolled especially when dreams are so weird sometimes to equate it with the thing that you're striving after the thing that you're pursuing it's a wish a dream is not a wish it's not. Dream is a wish your heart creates, your heart possesses. But it's like, that's also why they say make, as opposed to possess. Because if it was a, if they're actually, if they're taking the time to be more accurate, they would say, the dream is a wish your heart has. 
because a dream is something you have, okay? But they're really, they're not inclined toward telling you anything truthful. They're inclined to be of a mentality where they're saying we're the authority over fantasy. And so anybody who's like, we have the authority over fantasy, which is just like any religion, um, they're going to be kind of cavalier with the words that they choose. And they're going to say that you don't need to separate word to word. Like, you don't need to separate God from Jesus or from... And when you're talking and when you're praying, you don't know... You don't need to know if you're praying to Jesus, God, or the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that... But it's like, God can be these 14 things all correlated to different sets of ideas. Creator, Redeemer, Son of Man, Holy One, Famous Guy, the Jesus Child, King of Food. And... um. But all of these are different ideas, but they're like, oh, it's all the same. Because because you might as well say, oh, yeah, it's something that a dream, something that only happens in the past. This is the same thing as a fantasy, something that only happens in the future. You know, the, it doesn't matter because as long as we're the authority over fantasy, all, 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 all lines are blurred between definitions and words. So... I hope you got something out of this today. So I'm just going to run this out. Let me, um, so that was the main part of my speech. I'm sorry that it comes across as negative. This is just how it has to play out in a, because I'm in a slightly compromised situation. So it will come up, come across that I'm being very antagonistic towards Christians. Okay, and um, I'm the victim here. And so, like, I feel like I made my points, and but I, I need to go watch the rest of the U.S. Open. Let me just take a second to let me take a second to look at it, the leaderboard. They're not showing me a leaderboard because I looked at the telecast at the wrong time. Looks like John Rahm is doing well. Um, thanks for being a part of this today. Thanks for listening. And um, it's just that. But I just say all of that to say, like, um, stop limiting fantasy to something that somebody said that it was fantasy who controls fantasy who controls it who controls fantasy when it's fantasy who controls you know like the way that things are supposed to play out in the future what is ultimately going to happen who controls that nobody nobody does you just try to speak of it on your own terms you try to communicate it and articulate it in your life. And that's the only thing that you can do because that's the only fantasy that you know. In the same way 
that you don't know anything on your own? Like, what knowledge do you have as an individual person in comparison to the, an entire body of other humans? What do you know? And so how can you be trusted on your own? Like, it's just that in order to communicate anything about yourself at all or live your life at all, of course, like, people are talking in the world, right? People are having conversations with each other. This is in, indicative of that people have to trust like you have to trust yourself to do anything at all and especially in the area of fantasy but this is like in the area of fantasy what are you going to have dictated to you by another person about what fantasy is when fantasy is particular to you and only comes from your imagination and is in fact related to imagination it's like related to what goes on inside your head like what and then this is something that you can use to live out your life because what else like it's things like this how else would you know what you wanted or where you were going to go if you weren't allowed to listen to what you thought was better and it's just kind of and it's particular to you because it's like the fantasies that you like are your fantasies and so this is why the christian church has a big problem with it is like the territory of things that you are supposed to be able to control completely on your own because the idea itself is already encapsulated in, a, in an imagination, they are going to tell you that these are evil things, you know. And um, fantasy is not to be limited, obviously. Obviously, fantasy is what can you, what can you fantasize about? <laughs> fantasize further and it's just that like people in the world are not concerned with limiting fantasy they fantasize about whatever the fuck and then do it in in the real world and it's just like i'm saying there's better ways to live than think that fantasy always has to be limited or dictated under certain property lines certain authorities Thanks for listening.